Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsya, The Well, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainians and topics of interest to Ukrainians around the world. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, 2017, and we have as our guest for this episode, Nick Rosar, who is a Ukrainian-American from Brooklyn, New York. And he has a very interesting company that's uh, a relatively new startup producing what he calls wearable art. Nick, how are you? Welcome to Krenitsia. I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you. Hello from KU. Yes, uh, Nick is actually on a uh, business trip uh, this week in Ukraine, so we're actually speaking with him in Kiev today. So, Nick, tell me a little bit about your product. I, you know, I first saw this on uh, The Voice of America. I was looking at some uh, video clips they had there, which were interviews with different Ukrainians and Ukrainian-Americans about various kinds of topics. And this really jumped out at me. I've never quite seen anything like this. So if you can describe to our audience exactly what it is that you do. My pleasure, Mike. So we we make wooden we make wooden sunglasses in the Carpathian Mountains of Western Ukraine. So we, you know, about three years ago, I graduated university and was traveling after school, and uh, would go to Ukraine from time to time because it's a great place. And um, you know, just I saw the amazing. You know, you see Yamarovs, you go to the markets, and you see all, you see the stuff that people can buy in. It really, it's truly amazing. You know, the, the art, the level of detail is something I didn't see anywhere else in my travels. And so, but I never, I never really wanted to purchase anything because it was all, you know, very decorative and stuff that, you know, you, you buy one chess set, you know, what do you, what do you do with it? It was kind of the question I kept coming back to. You know, I wanted to support Ukraine. This is late 2014. So I wanted to support Ukraine, but I really just couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't spend the money on something that I didn't know what to do with. So, you know, so I get back to, I get back to New York and, um, so I'm with my parents and we're thinking, you know, Ukraine is a, you know, a great place. It's, it's safe, you know, as much as, you know, there's obviously very much a war happening to this day, still today. Um, there's still, there's so much opportunity here. You know, there's so too many talented people making too many amazing things that, you know, it's, it's basically an information asymmetry. That's the biggest problem in Ukraine. So what can we make? So started with, you know, what do people what do people spend money on? People spend money on stuff they use, they interact with, they consume. And so we thought, okay, you know, what can we make that people can use? And, you know, being over there, you see, you know, it's all the wood art, the cloth, the fabric, the leather, the metal, the ceramic. So we thought, okay, what can we make that people can use while also made one of those, in one of those natural materials that you, you see in the market so much? And so I made a spreadsheet with the only requirement being it was usable and it was made of one of the materials. And wooden sunglasses checked all the boxes. You know, they're small, so the shipping cost is lower. You know, they're, um, they're you know, wooden so that people can do art on, that, art on them. You know, price sensitivity. So just all, all the things, it was wooden sunglasses. I said, okay, wooden sunglasses. So, you know, I found a manufacturer, bought 50 of them had a uh, translator from a few years ago when we went back to visit family in the village in the Salah. And we saw, so you know, I, I contacted him and said, Hey, you know, I want to create something. I want to turn 
normal wooden sunglasses into wooden into art. You know, let's let's allow people to to wear art. You know, to just have something cooler than what exists in the world. Make the world a more interesting place. And you know, he jumped at he jumped at the prospect. So I threw I put nine of them in a backpack, went to Ukraine, one way ticket, and you know, stayed in Ivanovsk Kusk, drive down to the mountains, and we basically just went around to the Pata, staying at a different hotel every night, going to a different restaurant every day, different market, and saying, Hey, you know, do you know anybody that works on wood? And hey, you know anybody that works on wood? And just kept kept doing this and just all the time just kept going around and asking. And you know, it's late 2004. It's uh, now it's June 2015. So you know, Ukrainian economic crisis is is bad. And so you know, everyone knows someone when an American comes offering opportunity, basically. And so you know, most artists, you know, so we went to institutes. We went, we went everywhere. You know, we it was we will leave no stone unturned. And most people said, it, most artists would say, you know, it, it cannot be done. It's too small. But I'll, you know, I'll sell you this plate. I'll sell you this jewelry box. And I said, hey, you know, would you please give it a shot? I flew 4,000, you know, 6,000 kilometers to, you know, for you to give it a shot. And, you know, some guys tried. Some guys would return it. You know, we found this one, actually this one, there's two women wood artists, apparently, in the entirety of Ukraine. We found one of, we found her. And, uh, but basically, most people just couldn't do it, and you know, and then and then you know, and then we went this one guy, guy Ivan Taras, and what we call Big Macola, and they returned stuff to us, and it was just you know this light bulb of yes, just yes, these are these are amazing, you know, these are this is truly a masterpiece. This is a work of art. So let uh, me ask you a question you here, know. Nick. Um, I read on your website that you had actually uh, been to the Institute of Art in Kosiu in the Hutsul region of yeah. Ukraine. So are your artists graduates of that institute? Uh, it's a great question. So two of them are. So our three, the three artists we now work with, uh, we have the Artisan Collection by Tadat, the Natural Collection by Ivan, and then the Big League by Big Nikola. So the Artisan Collection by Tadat, he, he's 26. He just got it. He went to the institute in Kosiu, but he just, he just got his master's degree up in Ivan Frankivsk. So he is a graduate. And he actually just got married. It's one of the reasons that I came over to Ukraine was to attend his, his wedding, which is an amazing experience. And, um, and then our second guy is this guy, Ivan, who does the natural collection, which is carving without painting. And he is 35, 36, and he did not graduate the Institute. He learned from his family. It just, you know, it's kind of just a family business, a family thing. So he just grew up with his, you know, if he wanted to, get, if he wanted to hang out with his brothers, he had to start carving. That's what, that's what the family did. So he did not go to the Institute. And then what we call, who we call Big Makola, because he's just kind of the obviousman of Ukrainian wood art there. You know, professors will go to him for advice. He's, he's, a, he's well known. He's, he's well known in that community. He's actually given a, a medal of some civilian honor, some artistic honor by the government of Ukraine. So, and he did graduate, um, I don't know, back in the day. So two of our three guys, are from the institute, and then one of them was not. Very interesting. But now let's backtrack for one minute. Are. I'd like to get some information about your Ukrainian roots. Who came from Ukraine? Parents, grandparents, and when did they come, and where did they come from? So in 1944, my mother's parents, uh, um, Gida and or 
uh, anyway, my mother's parents were living in uh, in in Trinidad near Buchach and Kostilnike, who was the Salah. And they, um, and then in 1964, my grandfather comes in through the door and says, we need to go. Things are about to get very bad here. It's time to go. My grandmother said, no, I just, you know, I just milked the cow, just planted the field. We're going to stay. And he said, no, 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 we have to go. And so my grandfather, grandmother, and they had a four-year-old son. So the three of them just start walking west and, you know, Basically, you know, the, I'm sure you're all very aware of the, the story from, you know, walking west. And then uh, they lived in you know, DP camps and just kind of wherever until 1949 when they got over to the States. And then shortly, and then a few years after that, my mother was born. So my mother grew up in New York City in the, uh, like the Ukrainian, basically the Ukrainian-American subculture of, of Astoria, Lower East Side, went, you know, went to St. George's, went to Notre Dame and... You know, went to City College, and then, and then I was born, and then she married my father in 1987, and then I was born in 1991, where I was, and then so then I was raised with a sense of, you know, Ukrainian is important, Ukraine is cool, Ukraine is good, um, you know, going to, you know, going to church, grandparents' house, and, uh, but I, I kind of rejected the culture, honestly, and, because I didn't speak Ukrainian, because my father didn't, and so, you know, I, I did general, so I, I didn't speak the language, and so you know I went to Zoom, I went to Zoom Scouts, Zoom Camp, but I didn't speak the language, so I didn't fit in, and kind of just rejected Ukrainian culture. But I loved Ukrainian dancing, and uh, then, and then in 2009, I did a program, a five-week program at Cave Mahila Academy, and actually going to Ukraine and seeing Ukraine made me. That's when I fell in love with the country, and it was, you know separating the Ukrainian American culture from you know, the diaspora culture from the actual Ukrainian culture. So then in 2012, I came over with my mother and sister, and we went to visit this family. And it was actually the first time my mom was here in Ukraine since 1969. So things changed quite a bit. And then we came, and we also went to the Euro Cup in 2012. And then my mother and I came in 2013. And then I graduated in 2014, so I was here a bunch then. And then late 2014, early 2015 is when we kind of had the idea of, you know, let's make stuff in Ukraine. And then June 14th, 2015 is when I flew over to Ukraine with nine pairs of glasses. And then the rest is history. Okay, so let's take turn back to Hetmans again. Uh, I understand you have uh, three different lines of glasses. And what is the price point on those lines? So we sell them on our website. We sell, So we sell them in person for $100. So the main, basically the only way we make money is when I set up a table, set up our glasses, set up a wallet, our backpacks, our bags, and say, you know, I'm Nick Rosar, and I make stuff in Ukraine, and it's much, it's amazing, and it's stuff you've never seen before, and so we sell them for a hundred dollars there, but they're two hundred dollars on our website. But to be honest, nobody really buys them on our website. It's really just an in-person kind of thing, which makes sense. You need to try them on. Photos are nice, but in, in person, they really are. They really are masterpieces. So I guess there are no plans at this point to be on one of the uh, e-commerce retail sites like Amazon. Uh, not right now. Definitely not right now. Um, you know, in business and everything you do, there's, you know, the idea of something is much easier to say than actually doing it. And then, you know, so not right now. But 
And where, a point, you know? where in person have you actually sold it? Is it primarily um, events and festivals around the New York area? Yeah, yeah, basically New York, and then we did one in Chicago, but New York is our, and where everything is. It's where it's where we live. It's where our storage is. It's where everything is. So. And is it only yourself in the company, or do you have staff? Do you have a partner? Um, I mean, legally, you know, like equity-wise, I'm I'm the guy. But there's, you know, without my mother, there's definitely no headman. My father is the one that, you know, ultimately, you know, learned how to use Adobe Illustrator and you know made the logo. My, you know, my best friend Chris, he actually his family is Ukrainian as well. And they, he came over to me after the first trip that I went alone. We, you know, I was here for six weeks. We found artists, and then we, and I went back to America. And I laid out all the, all fifty pairs that we made in Ukraine on our table, our dining room tables. Me, my parents, and my my buddy Chris, and we basically separated forty seven of them as, eh, those are nice, but eh, and then there were three that we were all in agreement of this is worth starting, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to figure out these three pairs are so good that you need to figure out how to do that more. And so me and him, so then we spent the summer making a logo, starting a website, you know, kind of just getting okay, wow, you know, now that we have three really cool pairs of glasses, how do we actually do something with that? And so then me and him flew over to Ukraine on September 10th. And so then, then we made 500, we made the website, and then we launched on January 8th, 2016. And is this completely self-funded? Yes. So I owned a company during university that did shipping and storage. So we would store stuff, kids stuff over the summer and then ship stuff, you know, at the end of the year. And so we were were a convenience company. And so I was fortunate enough to make some money from that. And then um, just so, yeah, so I was able to make money there. Interesting. So if our audience wants to find your website, where do they go? They go to hetmans.com, H-E-T-M-A-N-S.com. And they can shop up there if they want. They can, but I would, if someone really wants to, if someone really wants, someone really cares, I would recommend following our Facebook page, which is, or an Instagram, which are where Hetmans and that's where we put the, you know, we're in a bunch of, we're in a few holiday markets in New York. And so seeing us in person is definitely the best opportunity. We don't have the other stuff. We, you know, so, you know, we're, it was never really about wooden sunglasses. And so it was about people in Ukraine can make amazing things that the world has never seen. So let's, let's make those things. And so sunglasses were just a great, we're just a place to start. And now we have, we have wallets, backpacks, um, which we're, we're working on making these leather fanny packs. Um, and the, the really cool thing is we have these wood panel backpacks. And so, you know, I found, I found the best wood artists in the world. And, you know, so now, so it's like, you know, I found these people that can make amazing stuff out of leather. So I thought, how can we put these two together? You know, how can we have the wood just seamlessly be part of the leather? And so after a few iterations, we figured that out. And so, you know, I have a backpack with a, you know, a wood panel on it. And it's really cool when we're, you know, when we're selling on the street and, you know, it's, you know, it's like, wow, you know, it's so cool, so cool. You know, I've never seen anything like this before, you know, to be able to say, you know, like I have something else you've never seen before. And I show the wooden backpack 
and the, the panel, and they don't really get it. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's a backpack. And then when I knock on the wood, you know, you hear like, it's just, it's really cool to make stuff that the world doesn't see. And that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do and bring that from Ukraine. You know, again, back to the word, I always go back to the word, you know, the term information asymmetry. You know, people, what's known in Ukraine and what's known out of Ukraine is not, they're not congruent. And so the more people know about Ukraine, the more I think people are going to want to be, to be Ukraine, you know, to, to invest in Ukraine and go to Ukraine and buy Ukrainian and, you know, support Ukraine. So. That's great, Nick. We're, we're out of time. Um, I'm glad we had the opportunity to chat with you today about Hetmans and your line of wearable art, specifically now wooden sunglasses, but who knows where this goes in the future. So we look forward to hearing some great things about you and definitely uh, for the folks in the audience, check out Hetmans on Facebook uh, so you can follow where Nick will be selling his sunglasses. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I would love to, I'd love to do this again in six months to a year because I'm, I'm, if, if we had spoken six months ago, you know, the conversation now is much more interesting. And so I, I you know, I, I can promise that we will be more interesting and, you know, there's, I'm just starting to scratch, I'm just scratching the surface of what's possible in this country. So you're spot on of, you know, wooden sunglasses are not, you know, they're just the beginning. So I'm very excited about this country and, you know, the direction that we're headed in. Great, great. So this is Mike Burek, your host and a producer of Pirinitsia, The Well, a podcast series on Ukrainians and topics of interest to Ukrainians around the world. Until next time, that's all for now.